Good morning and welcome to Worship at Kern. My name is Will and I'm the pastor. It's a joy to be with you today. All right, now let me say a word of prayer for us as we get started for worship. God, thank you so much for what you're doing in our midst. Thank you so much for each one who is here. I pray that you, you inspire in their hearts worship for you, with you. Lead us this morning, O oh God. May your spirit be blessed. Amen. You know, one of the, the greatest joys uh, that I have in life uh, as a dad is, is watching my, my children grow and learning new, new things. And this is especially, this is true at every stage of life, but this is especially true in those, those first few years of life as they experience things for for the first time. I mean, just a few months ago, our, our youngest son was crawling everywhere, and uh, today it's, it seems like it's been months since he's ever crawled. Like, you know, he, he doesn't crawl anymore. It's been months since he, he did that, and, and he walks everywhere. I guess sometimes he toddles places, and that's probably why they call them toddlers, because they, they, they walk a little bit, they, they, they like, you know, scoot around, and then they fall down, and, and they get back up. You know, falling doesn't really matter to toddlers all that much, most of the time. Um, it, I, I fell during our recent snow storm on the ice, and man, did that hurt. Um, <laughs> I fell, and I stayed down for quite some time, just realizing and looking up, oh, is everything in the right place? Is everything where it needs to be? It was just one of those hard falls, and I was like, wow. Uh, but then my son was falling all the time, and, and it didn't seem to bother him at all, except for, for, uh, for getting a little cold. Uh, but but the, the thing about it is, is that, they, that our, our children, as they're learning to walk and as they're, they're learning to grow, they, 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 they experience so many many things. My son continues to grow and walk, and, when, and he continues to fall less and, and less. And, and as, he, as he does this, he's always looking, looking towards us. He holds our hand and continues to, to learn and, and to grow and stuff. You know, the way, the way uh, children learn to walk bit by bit, step by step, uh, and fall by fall is not too different than, than the life of faith, if I'm honest. Uh, today, we're continuing our, our special focus our special focus on spiritual practices of the Christian life. We're looking at, at five different spiritual practices that are designed to help you to grow in your faith, to help you grow closer to God, to help you in your, your walk. And, and the metaphor that we've been using to kind of look at the Christian life is the metaphor of walking with God. Uh, because sometimes that's what it's like. We, we are learning to walk with God. We're learning to, to walk closer to God. And, and, and all throughout the Bible and in faith, the faith traditions that we hear when we talk about spiritual growth, so many times we're talking about walking with God and what it means to walk with God and how to grow in that place. And so maybe you're here this morning and you've been walking with God for a long time and, and you are seasoned in your walk. You have sure footsteps or maybe you are a little bit like my toddler who is kind of exploring faith and exploring what it means to walk a little bit and, and, and to, to kind of sometimes falling and, and, and seeing what that can mean, walking and wondering what, what this, this faith life might look like in your life. And today, what I want to encourage you is it doesn't really matter how long that you have been walking with God or, or, or maybe how long you've been toddling with God, because I believe that our second spiritual practice can really, can really help you take that next step, take that next step in walking with God. Two weeks ago, uh, the first spiritual practice that I, I shared with you 
uh, was the, the spiritual practice of worship, something that is designed to, to, that we do each week here at Current Church and something designed to help us grow closer to God and to help us bless God as well. And I encouraged you to follow a biblical model for worship, which was just to, to worship one day out of, out of every seven days. And I challenged you to get an A in worship. And then that means like being here um, almost every Sunday. You can miss five in a year and that'll be okay. And if you're sick or if you're traveling, you can worship online or worship at, a, at, at another church. And, and then I asked you to do this. Then last weekend I was gone. So I, I, was, I wasn't here with you. But, but here's, the, here's the good news. Steve, Steve Paul uh, shared, shared a message and I really appreciate Steve for doing that. But I, I, I went to church twice, to two different churches last, Wednesday, last Sunday and, and when I was... Uh, of course, um, we were with my in-laws, and, and so uh, anyways, uh, it was a blessing, and if y'all, if y'all are watching this morning, it was great to be, be with you, but I got to go to, and so I went to two different churches, so maybe I should get some extra credit. I don't know who's giving the, uh, Michelle thinks not, but I don't know who's giving the credit, and, and who could give the extra credit, but, if it, but, I, but I, I, I will take it. And so today, we're looking at our second spiritual practice of the Christian life, and the second spiritual practice to help you take that, take that next step towards God is the practice of listening to God and studying, studying Scripture. When, when you think about the spiritual life, if the spiritual life is about walking with God, it becomes pretty important to, to listen to God. I mean, when, when I think about my son and when he recognizes my, my voice, he, his ears perk up. He starts to listen and, and, and to, 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 to do things and to act in certain ways. When, when he walks steady and he does something new, it, it's my voice or my wife's voice that, that praises him for that work. When he starts to get too close to the edge or he starts to um, you know, get too close to the main road uh, um, and, and, and like into the road, he likes to do that, by the way. It, it's our voice that says stop and he doesn't listen to that, um, but he should listen to that. And, and, and it's, it's our voice that he recognizes. And then last night, you know, he, he got sick last night and so he's not here and I didn't sleep last night too much, but um, uh, it, was, it was the voice of, of, of my wife that uh, mainly that, that he heard comforting him in the midst of it. We hear the voices of the ones who love us and care for us. And those voices form us. Our son knows our voice and we could be in a dark room. And if we spoke, he would know it. Knowing the voice with the one, of the one you are walking with is so important. And this is something that Jesus knew. In fact, Jesus was talking, and one of the ways that Jesus talked about the followers of Jesus is he, his followers, and he says that my followers know my voice. One time he was talking about this, and he kind of used a metaphor and compared himself to a, a, a good shepherd. He said, I'm a good shepherd. And this is what he said. Um, he, when you, when, if Jesus is the shepherd, his followers are the sheep. So that's, that's kind of how the metaphor goes. So uh, I've never been around sheep. I don't know what that's like, but you know, if you're a follower of Jesus, Jesus says you're kind of like my sheep. And so he, he says this, the sheep listen to his voice. The, the sheep listen to the voice of the good shepherd. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Wherever, whenever he has gathered all of his sheep, he goes before them and they follow him because they know his voice. The sheep know the shepherd's voice. So if you're walking with God and you're seeking to grow in your spiritual life, 
It involves listening to God. Listening to God because right here Jesus says that He goes before you, speaking to you. And it's easy for my son perhaps to to listen to me, to listen to us, um, because we're together all the time. But how are you supposed to recognize God's voice? How are you supposed to recognize God's voice in your life? And if we're honest, the way you recognize God's voice is not really too dissimilar and different from the way your children might recognize your voice, but it happens a bit differently. And what I want to tell you today is that there are two kind of big ways in life that we can listen, that you can are able to listen to God's voice. And the first way that people hear from God is kind of universal to all of humanity. And this doesn't, you don't have to be a follower of Jesus to be able to hear from, from God in this way. We've got a fancy way of talking about this. And, and if you like fancy ways of talking about things, we call this a, a general revelation. So general revelation, that's kind of a fancy way of talking about this kind of a way that God speaks universally to all of humanity. What, what you, this, is, this is what happens when, when you or I can learn from God by ordinary things in life, that God uses ordinary things in life to speak to you. Such as, you know, people talk about the, the, like the birth of a, of a baby. This is something that is a miracle from God. And, and these are things that, that God uses to, to bless you, that God uses perfectly ordinary things to share grace with you to share grace with other people. One big, one big area of general revelation is, is just observing nature. Just observing nature. I mean, have you ever just you know, stood outside at night as you're trying to carry stuff in and just looked up? You know, maybe it was one of those cold, clear nights and you see more stars than you knew that were there. Even in the city where, where the light pollution is usually strong and you, you look up and you see things and you're like, I don't know what these stars are and the constellations, but it's beautiful and I'm so small and God is so great. Or maybe you, maybe you, you, like to, you, you stand at the seashore and you look out and you see the ocean broad as vast as it can be and you're, you just stand there and you're like, you know, God is something here is powerful. I know some of you see, see the, 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 the listen to God and kind of experience this grace by the, by the love that you have with your pets. I, that's, I'll just be honest with you. That's something I don't understand. I'm not a pet owner. I don't want to be a pet owner. But good for you. Like, really. I mean, if, if that's what God uses to speak to you, then it's a blessing. And it's, it's a powerful and something that you know to be able to experience that voice of God through, through things and people and, and animals that you love. And when you recognize the voice of God, and when you recognize God in, in art or in nature or in other people, these things point you to God, you are recognizing the voice of God. This is part of listening to God in this thing we call general revelation. The Bible, the Bible talks about this. The book of Psalms is a book of the Bible that's really about songs of faith. And the, the book of Psalms in, in Psalm 19 speaks of, of how, the, how, how all of creation speaks of God's glory says this, that heaven is declaring God's glory. The sky is proclaiming His handiwork. One day gushes the news to the next. One night informs another what needs to be known. Of course there's no speech, no words. Their voices can't be heard, but their sound extends throughout the world and their words reach the ends of the earth. Being able to see and recognize God's voice and creation 
is for all people. It's not just for followers of Jesus. It's something that God wants all people to experience His blessings in this way. Have you ever just kind of been out in nature and heard the voice of God? Maybe not audibly, but felt it in your soul, in the depths of where you are? Ordinary things point the way to the voice of God. Point the way to receive the grace of God. But these ordinary things aren't everything. Because the reality is, is that general revelation or this type of revelation, that, that listening to God that occurs in nature, it is also something that can be misunderstood. It can also something that can be misread. I mean, you could stand outside at night and look up and, and, and study the vastness of the universe and, and, and receive this blessing from God and then not know anything about God. You can know it's a blessing, but it doesn't necessarily teach you anything about God. It doesn't necessarily teach you what the right conclusions might be concerning who God is and how God loves you. You might think God must be good and God created all this, but God is more than just good. So even though God can and does bless people through creation, God has also chosen to specially reveal himself in history, to, to especially reveal himself in history through specific ways. And we call this type of, with a fancy word for this, is special revelation. And so general and special revelation, these are, you know, like terms if you like that kind of thing. You can keep that. If not, you can throw it to the side. It doesn't matter. Um, but this is the type of, of God speaking to you that is, that is special in a way that it's towards people of faith. It's towards especially the way that God speaks through Scripture and through prophets. So God spoke in this way through prophets that, that He sent. God spoke in this way when He sent His Son Jesus to, to offer hope and good news to all of humanity. And, and, um, and then when Jesus left, God sent the, the Holy Spirit to continue this same work of speaking to the people of God. Here's what, here's what I mean by, by that. Jesus once was, was teaching his, his followers before He was about to leave them. And he said this, he said, the companion, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of everything I told you. So even though God spent, sent the Holy Spirit to teach you, that's what Jesus says, that the Holy Spirit is here to teach you, sometimes you are hard of hearing. And if you're married, I know your spouse will accuse you at times of being hard of hearing. But I... I um, but here's the deal, you can get your hearing checked, and maybe you are, but maybe the selective hearing gene is a little bit stronger in you than the hard of hearing gene, and, and maybe you have a hearing aid sometimes, and you like to turn that off on other times. Whatever the case may be, I imagine that's really convenient, um, but whatever the case may be, sometimes we are a little bit hard of hearing or a little bit selective in our hearing. So even though God might be speaking to you through the Holy Spirit, even though the Holy Spirit might be speaking to you today, you might not be ready to hear it. You might not be ready to hear the Spirit. You might not be ready to hear what God wants you to hear. You might not be ready because you're distracted or you're not listening or you're involved with something else. And so the next question is, how are you supposed to hear better? How are you supposed to hear better? Well, this is one of those good news, bad news situations. The good news is that the answer to how to hear better is, is really simple. The bad news is that it can be a little difficult to, to live on a daily basis. The best way to hear from God is to study the Bible. 
The best way to hear from God is to study the Bible. The good news is that it's simple. The bad news is that that can be difficult. But, so if you want the cliff notes or the, the, the reels version for how to listen and how to hear from God, the answer is simple. Study the Bible. Just study the Bible. So what, what does that mean? What does it mean to study the Bible? If you want to dig a little bit deeper... I, uh, I invited you, if you get our emails, to, to bring a Bible today. So if you have a Bible with you, I, I want to invite you to take it out. If you don't get our emails, you can scan that Next Steps QR code and sign up to get the emails. Um, and, and so I want to invite you to, to, to take, a, take a Bible out if you have this. And we're going to talk about the Bible. Uh, today I've got two Bibles with me. They both mean uh, a lot to me. This, this first Bible was uh, given to me when I was in the third grade at, at the church I was at. It says, To Will Connor from Christ United Methodist Church, and I won't read the year, but um, I had a birthday on Friday, so that's, that is what it is. Uh, anyways, um, I, I'm two feet on the ground, still, still here, and I give God thanks for that. Uh, so if you have, have a Bible, the Bible is, is, kind of a, is, is a book that was written over a period of about 1,400 years from different people who were inspired by, inspired by God. It wasn't all written in at the same time, and it's divided into, into two Two parts. The Bible is really divided into two parts, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And so if you have a Bible, I want to invite you to take it out and to find the, the book of Matthew. And if you don't know where that is, your Bible has a, a table of contents, which is really handy because it tells you the page. So if I want to find the book of Matthew, it's um, on page 681 in my Bible, which is not going to do you any good because it's on a different page in, in your Bible. And, and so I, if, I, if you find the book of Matthew, go ahead and take just, just a moment. The book of Matthew is the first book of the New Testament. The book of Matthew is the first book of the New Testament. It teaches us the good news of, of Jesus. It teaches us about the life and the ministry of Jesus. So if you've got a Bible... Uh, and you have the book of Matthew, I want you just to put your finger here and, and then look at everything that comes before the book of Matthew. Okay, Most of the Bible comes before the book of Matthew, in fact, and we call this part of the Bible the Old Testament. So this is the part of the Bible that happened before the life and the ministry of Jesus. And, and Christians call this part of the Bible the Old Testament, but it's not just our book, okay? Because uh, Christians did not write the Old Testament. In fact, the, the Christian Old Testament is, is the Jewish Bible. So if you have friends who are Jewish or you know people who are Jewish, when they talk about their Bible, this is the part, this is what they're talking about. It's either called the Tanakh or, or just their, their, the Bible. And to this day, Jewish people will use the Christian Old Testament, they use that as, as their Bible. And it tells, the, sometimes this part of the Bible is referred to as the Hebrew Bible because it was originally written in Hebrew. And this Old Testament, or the Jewish Bible, the Hebrew Bible, tells the story of God's special relationship with the ancient Israelites, about how God blessed them and, and saved them and, and, and brought hope to all of the earth through this special relationship and how God sent prophets to correct them when they messed up and, and how God spoke judgment upon them when they were, when they were really hurting other people and, and how God promised to save them in really powerful ways. There are also songs in this, in this part of the Bible that speak about how amazing God is and, and God's deliverance. That's what our, our Old Testament is. And so now, after that, and everything from Matthew forward, this is what we call as Christians the New Testament. And it begins with 
four books of the Bible that we call Gospels. And Gospels is just a fancy word of saying uh, um, good news. And so the, the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, these are books of the Bible that, that tell us and teach us about the good news of Jesus Christ, about how Jesus was born and lived and, 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 and changed the world. And then the rest of the New Testament is like the implications of that. There's, there's history about how the, the message of Jesus Christ spread throughout around the world. And then much of the New Testament is made up of letters written from leaders to churches. People that were trying to encourage people. It's all about spiritual growth. About how it was as if somebody wrote a letter to our church and said, this is how you can follow Jesus better given whatever is going on. And that's what most of the New Testament is. Letters or epistles is the, the, another way of saying that. Letters written by Christian leaders to other Christians, teaching them how to grow in their faith. And then the Bible ends with the with book of, of Revelation. And many people look at the book of Revelation with some, 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 some fear. Uh, there's been movies and popular culture written around this, of trying to perhaps scare people about the book of Revelation. But really all the book of Revelation was intended to be was a word of encouragement to Christians who were being oppressed and were really being run down. A word of encouragement that in the end, God's going to take care of all the pain and all the suffering. I love what, what one pastor wrote about wrote when describing the Bible. He said that the Bible is a beautiful, powerful complex library of documents. It's not just a single book. It's a library of documents that, that bear witness to the faith of its writers, their experience of God, their insights and in, intuitions as they were led by the Holy Spirit. It bears witness to their relationship to God and continues to teach us. You see, studying the Bible is what enables you to listen to God because as you read the Bible, as you read the Bible, you learn the character of God. You read more and learn who God is, is like and what God is like and how God acts in the world. And, and, and now the thing is, Christians oftentimes will disagree about the Bible, about how it should be used or, or what it says. And, and there's probably, that's kind of the reason that there's a whole bunch of different flavors of Christianity around the world, because people disagree about, about how to interpret this book, uh, about how, how to live with this book. But I think, and, and maybe this is naive of me, I think all Christians are trying to do their best to follow after Jesus and the way that Jesus is revealed. And, and, and so one of the things I appreciate about our church is that we're part of the United Methodist tradition. And in this United Methodist tradition, we have certain things that we say about what we believe about Scripture. And I just want to share with you one of the things that, that our, one of our confessions of faith, one of the things that, that we say and believe about Scripture. Here's what we, here's what we as, as, you, as part of the United Methodist heritage, say. That we believe the Holy Bible, the Old and New Testament, reveals the Word of God so far as necessary for our salvation. It is to be received through the Holy Spirit as the true rule and guide for faith and practice. So whatever is not revealed or established in the Holy Scriptures is not to be made an article of faith, nor is it to be taught as essential to salvation. I, I love that it, that it says that the Bible is the true, the true rule and guide for walking with God. I mean, sometimes that's what you need, a guide to help us walk. And the Bible is that. It's a guide for helping us, for helping you walk with God. It teaches what is necessary to salvation, what is necessary for growing a faith. And let me just tell you, the thing about the Bible 
is that it doesn't do any good if it's sitting on a shelf. It doesn't do any good if it's collecting dust and you have to dust it off every once in a while to make sure that um, your house isn't dusty. When I, when I first became a Christian, I was given this Bible. And this is really just a New Testament. It's got a book of Psalms and Proverbs in it as well. And uh, I, was at a, I was at a Young Life camp. Maybe you know about Young Life, but it's a ministry to, uh, to young people and uh, to middle school and high schoolers. And I was involved in church growing up. I was, I was, I was baptized in the faith as, as a young person. Um, but, but it never was real to me in my own life until I, was, I experienced God in a powerful way one time at, at Young Life Camp. And, and I was confirmed in the faith through this. I, I accepted Jesus as my own Lord, as, as, as Savior of my own life, as someone who was redeemed. And, and then in the midst of that, um, they, they invited everybody that had, had accepted accepted uh, to follow after the way of Jesus to come. And, and they gave us these Bibles um, as, as tools. And one of the things that I appreciate so much is that the, the people that were there encouraged me as a baby Christian to, to read the Bible and then taught me the importance of reading the Bible. And I love looking back at this Bible and reflecting on it because it's full of, of, of highlights, it's full of notes, it's full of just things that my, uh, my teenage whatever thought was important and, and, and as I was learning to grow in the way of, of, of Jesus, and, and it, it inspired me to lead in the ways of faith. But here's the thing with studying the Bible. There's so much about it. There is so much about it. And we don't have enough time today to go too deeply into to how to study the Bible and to really specifics because there is so much. And so I just want to give you a, a few things. And first, one of the questions that sometimes people ask is, well, what translation of the Bible should I read? And I want to be very clear that there is a better translation. I, I think there is a best translation when it comes to reading the Bible. The best translation that you can read is the translation that you read. So, so the, the best translation of the Bible that you can read is the translation that you actually read. For me, I like to read the Common English Bible, the CEB version of the Bible, and the New Revised Standard version of the Bible. And, and so the, these are two books, these are two translations that I like to read. I also, uh, I also like to read the, the New International Version, that's what this Bible is. And uh, the, there's another version of the Bible called the Message that is kind of a paraphrase. I like to read that one as well. But there's other great translations out there. The many people that I know love the, the New Living Translation or the, the, the um, English Standard Version, the ESV Bible. And there's other translations as well. And some people still read the King James Version, which has a lot of archaic language, but sometimes that's what people were raised on in the faith, and that really speaks powerful to them. So the, the, while there, are difference in this, there are differences in the translations, and some of these differences are important to, for study and whatnot. But the main thing is that the best translation that you can read is the translation that you actually read, because they all speak about the grace and the love of God that God has and wants for, for you. One of my Old Testament professors gave some good advice, not, not on translation, but on how to go about reading the Bible. So we got the translation thing out of the way, and I want to give you one kind of piece of advice on how to, to read the Bible. And some of the best advice that I ever got was from my Old Testament professor, a guy by the name of Brent Strawn, while I was at Emory. And uh, uh, Dr. Strawn would always give us these lists to remember 
Um, and this one list he gave us was like four on reading the Bible. And they're really complex ideas. And these are the four t- tips on reading the Bible. They're really complex. It's, it's the first one is read it. The second one is read it slowly. The third one is keep reading it. And the fourth one is read it again. Okay, really complex ideas here. But read it. it. You know, there is nothing that this book can do for you if it's sitting on your shelf. There's nothing that this book can do for you if it's on your phone, but yet you never open it. You know what happens to apps on your phone that you never open? They offload to the cloud. And so if you have to click on the Bible app on your phone, it has to re-download. It's the equivalent today of like having to dust off the Bible before you read it. So it does you no good sitting in the cloud or, 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 or sitting on, on your shelf. It, it does not work in your life if it's just sitting there. So read it. The second one is to read it slowly. Now, now maybe you have, have been a part of a program where you've read the whole Bible through a year before. And um, if so... You didn't get a trophy. Nobody gave you an award. I, I, our bishop asked us to do this, and I did this a couple of years ago with our bishop, and she did not come and like give me a round of applause or, or, or give me a medal or anything for reading through the entire Bible in the year. It was a good practice, and I'm glad that I did it. But I really appreciated this advice to reading it slowly because it means that, that you're like chewing on it. It's like chewing food. You've got to like really chew it to get the nutrients out of it. To, to be able to receive what God wants for you. And so reading the Bible slowly helps you do this. The third one is to keep reading. Because sometimes you'll encounter something that you don't understand. Or maybe there's a hole in the text and something that just doesn't make sense. And, and you're like, well, well, what do I do with this? My encouragement for you is just to keep reading because sometimes the author will fill in the blank and help you understand what you're confused about. Or other times the author won't and will just say, you know what, this thing you're confused about maybe not all, may not be all that important, but something else is important. So keep reading. And the last one is to read it again. Because once you read the Bible, you don't get a trophy. There's still more there that you don't know and don't understand. So keep reading. Keep reading. And to help us do that, I want to leave you this, this morning with two potential next steps that you can take. The, the first one is, 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 I think, really simple, but this is kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure story. So you can choose either A or B, and that can be your adventure for the week ahead. And, and so if you were like the 65% of Christians who, I'm not going to ask anybody to raise their hand, okay? If you're like the 65% of Christians who don't read the Bible every week, my encouragement for you is to pick to start reading the Bible is to read five verses a day. Just five verses a day. And read them slowly. Maybe you could start with one of those Gospels. I'm going to be reading the book of John. So maybe you start with the book of John and just start reading five verses a day and ask God, God, what do you want me to learn from this? How can I grow closer to you in reading these five verses? And remember the tips. Read it, read it slowly, keep reading, and then read it again. And then the second step I want to give you is maybe you want to grow just a little bit deeper and maybe you, you, don't, you want to read a little bit more than five verses. If you want to, I want to give you the, the next option that you could take is to read the book of John. I'm going to be reading the book of John between now and Easter. And it's really kind of simple. All you have to do is read one chapter a day. And so if you want to read more than five verses but don't want to get too invested or too, read too much, you can read one chapter a day. And, and I'm going to be doing that starting tomorrow, and I want to invite you, if, if that's where you are, to read one chapter of the book of John with me between now and, the, the, um, now and kind of the week before Easter to see what God can do in the midst of that, to learn what you and I can, can learn about God and how we can 
listen to God. So pick your adventure. Maybe you need to just start small and you need to start just reading five five uh, verses a day. Or maybe you want to read through the book of John with me through the next few weeks. And I want to invite you to do that as well. You know, when I, when I first started reading this Bible, it changed my life. I mean, I, I can look back and see notes and th- see things, and I didn't understand it all. I still don't understand it all. But it changed my life, and it allowed God to speak to me in ways that God had never spoken to me before. And I want that same thing for you. I want that for you. And so, my encouragement for you is to read the Bible. Because the best way to hear from God is to study the Bible. I told you it was simple. It's not always easy. But are you ready? Are you ready to listen to God? Are you ready to read the Bible? Let's pray. God, I thank you for today. I thank you for the blessings that we have together. I pray that you would open the hearts of each one to receive from you this day your power, your grace, and your love. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. God's grace is enough, and I pray that you receive that today. I hope to see you this evening from 4.30 to 6.30 at Vision Sunday, and I, I hope that you have a great week taking that step, maybe reading five verses a day or maybe joining with me and reading one chapter a day through the book of John. May God bless you this day with love and grace. Go with peace. Amen.